What was Paul's concern for the Corinthian believers? And what is God's concern for you, the reason why he put this accounting in the Word? What is Paul's concern for the Corinthian believers? Fill in number seven. He was concerned that they would be bamboozled by the masquerader. If you can't spell bamboozled, just put hoodooed in there. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. Here's what's going on. We're going to attempt to wrap up a teaching we began last week. It's one entitled, The Masquerader. And we're talking to you about being bamboozled, as we suggested at the intro of the program. Being bamboozled, being deceived being uh, taken advantage of. That's what the enemy does. When does he do that? I want to suggest to you when he does that is uh, the most, the optimum time when that happens is when we are distracted. When we are distracted, when we have things come between us and the Word of God and God and Holy Spirit leading in our life, when we're distracted, when we begin to look at other things. So, it just makes sense that we would not become distracted. And we're going to talk to you a little bit about how to make that happen. I want to read one verse in your hearing. We're going to jump right on into this. Before I do, I want to remind you, and it's getting close, I want to remind you of our 20th annual Youth Awakening coming up here in just a few weeks. If you are a young person between the ages of 12 and 18, and you'd be interested in a, an event that will disciple you and encourage you and build you up in the faith, and we would suggest Youth Awakening to you. There's some contact information there on the screen. Lord willing, I'll try to mention this at the end of the program and help you know how you might be able to register for this. This is a paid event, but it is a weekend-long event, and there's a lot of food involved in it, so the cost is is really nominal in that regard. Again, go with me to 2 Corinthians, if you would please. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 14. And the record puts it this way. For Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Father, I thank you for each one listening in right now whether they're listening live or sometime later. And I pray that by your word you would speak to their heart and we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, you get your Bibles, follow along, listen intently as we share with you the back half of this teaching, The Masquerader. Satan, hell if you please, will orchestrate a parade from the broad way to come your way. Distracted people are a problem, not only for themselves personally, 
individually. Watch this, and I'm headed to number five on your study notes. Distracted peeps influence a lot of distraction. I said to you earlier, somewhat tongue-in-cheek, that distraction is very distracting. It is. Distracted people influence a lot of distraction. Consider with me a spiritually distracted husband. Will he not be an influence toward his wife's distraction? Say yes. Consider with me a distracted dad, spiritually distracted dad. Will he not be an influence of distraction upon his children, his offspring? Yeah, he will. Now, I'm not saying this to make you feel guilty. I'm saying this to help you. Consider a distracted child can become an influence of distraction among their own peers, even within the school system. It only takes one. It only takes one little Terry Knighton to have the whole school. I just, just want you to think with me here. Consider with me a distracted school, how it can influence the distraction of an entire community. Isn't that true? Yes, it is. What about a distracted community? Consider the influence of such ones on the distraction of the church. It's hard to know which one comes first, the chicken or the egg here sometime, but stay with me. A distracted church, beloved, can influence the distraction of the leaders, not only in that church, but in the community and in the nation. And we're experiencing that right now where distracted leaders influence the distraction of an entire nation. That is right. It's glaring. So I said that to be able to say this. When a saint, what do you mean by saint, Pastor Terry? Beloved, the Bible makes a distinction between sinners. That's the way you come into this world. And saints. We tend to think of a saint as Mother Teresa and so on and so forth. The Bible talks about sinners and saints. Those who are on the right and those who are on the left. And the parting and the division. When a saint, a born again, spirit filled individual is in the word. I'm talking about they have an intimate relationship with the Bible, God's Word. Do you love your Bible? Do you have an intimate relationship with it? When you open it up, now you may not write in your Bible, but I'm telling you, if you would open mine up anywhere in here, you'd say, my goodness sakes alive, uh, that dude is all into this thing. Listen, beloved, when a saint is in the Word and getting the Word into them, when a saint is fervent and they're praying, and I'm not talking about over the lips and through the gum, look out, stomach, here I come. I'm talking about kneeling down, falling down with the body of Christ at various and sundry times and crying out to God, not God, here's what I want you to do, but God, what would you have us do? When those saints begin to pray fervently, when a saint is faithful to pray for and seek out divine appointments, I'm talking about when you leave here, you pray, God, open my eyes and open my heart to the needs out 
there. When you begin to pray that way, and when a saint understands spirit baptism, not just as some weird thing that grandma used to talk about, but I mean you really understand spirit baptism and the power available, and you resolve to release that power, then watch this, beloved. The enemy, the devil, knows that the door of opportunity isn't open. Are you with me? I don't mind amening myself, but I hate to do all the preaching and amening too. According to the Word of God, such one can send Satan packing. The world says, the devil made me do it. That's these people I was talking about a while ago, the sinners. Here's what the saints say. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. You're looking for a reference, James chapter 4. Resist the devil. None of this, we sin every day, word, thought, and deed. Find that one for me in the word, by the way. But resist the devil, and he will flee. That's what the word of God said. For such one... Be it man, woman, boy, or girl, that one will not be easily distracted. Are you following me, church? So, what is Satan to do at this point? My goodness. Our text passage tells us in chapter 11, verse 14, it tells us that Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. When I read that, I'm like, aha. Uh-huh. Let me throw this little parenthesis at you. Stay with me. This is important. It's number six on your study notes. An angel is simply a messenger of God. A messenger of God. They're not weird. They're not strange. They're here. They're around us. They've been assigned to us as a messenger of God. Do they exist or are they just cute little pictures and little ornaments we hang on our Christmas tree? They exist. They're a messenger of God, a conveyor, watch this, of God's true word. It's introduced to us here, an angel of light. What is that? An angel of light is simply one of God's myriad of messengers that brings forth a word or a message from God. Turn with me to Luke 2. This time of the year, we go here a lot. You'll hear this in our Christmas program this year. Luke chapter 2 verse 8 says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. That's what shepherds do. Verse 9, An angel of the Lord. A what? An angel of the Lord. This is a holy angel, a messenger of God. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. Verse 10, But the angel said to them, They were afraid, and the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Why? I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host. For those of you from Saxpahal, that's a whole gob of angels. A whole gob of them. A great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, that initial, initial angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And you know... The passage, I just wanted you to see what an angel of light 
is based upon the Word of God. Beloved, this is what the angels of God, angels of light do. They bring the true message of God to those that need to hear it. Then will you note with me Job chapter 2? I've talked a little bit about Job earlier. Go with me to Job 2. If you don't have your Bible, it will magically appear on the screen. Verse 1 of chapter 2. And by the way, chapter 2 will help you to understand chapter 1. You need to read them in concert. We read here on another day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. These are real life, honest to goodness, angels of light, messengers of God. They came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them to present himself before him. Hmm. And the Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? And Satan answered. He answered the Lord. From roaming through the earth. Been going back and forth in it. A couple of things I want to point out to you here. Lucifer... Satan was present for a messenger meeting. And God called him out. Say, uh, I see you out there, Satan. See, you made it to the meeting. God called him out. Where have you been? As though God didn't know. Where have you been? The response mirrors pretty much what Peter tells us. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8 about him. Roaming around looking for someone to devour. I, I want to point out to you that when God spoke to Satan, Satan answered him. They were having a conversation. Interesting. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered Job? The Lord said to Satan. Satan didn't initiate this conversation. He could have been blown into the next universe, wherever that might be, if he would have attempted to do that. God asked him and asked him if he had considered his servant Job. Now, I am certain, this is a little parenthesis, I am certain there are some days in the heavens where my name is plugged into that blank. And yours too. Hey, Satan, where you been? I know where you been. I just need you to tell me. Have you considered my servant Terry, have you considered my servant Ridgeway Ricky or Ridgeway Rhonda? Have you considered my servant? But I want you to note that though Satan was auditing the class, he is not an angel of light. Are you with me? He is not an angel of light. He masquerades. Thus the title of this series. He's a masquerader. He pretends to be one that brings the truth of God. He pretends to be one that brings the light. But nothing could be further from the truth. And that's kind of the end of that little parenthesis about the angel of light and Satan is not an angel of light. Now, coming back to our text, and I'm going to start wrapping this up very shortly. What was Paul's concern for the Corinthian believers. And what is God's concern for you, the reason why he put this accounting in the Word? What is Paul's concern for the Corinthian believers? Fill in number seven. He was concerned that they would be bamboozled by the masquerader. If you can't spell bamboozled, just put hoodooed in there. 
Specifically, he was concerned that those that he had led to Christ and prayed with them and observed their conversion and their spirit and filling and their lifestyle of holiness, he was concerned that they would be bamboozled, that they would be suckered by and swayed by some other things. Everybody say other things. Namely, the preaching of another Jesus preaching about other spirits, we've learned in this series, they're out there, preaching another gospel. Mr. McGee, my literary mentor, says this. Love Dr. McGee. He says, and I quote, When the devil saw that persecution would not stop the church, he changed to a different tactic. He joined the church. End quote. Persecution won't destroy the church. It didn't take old Beelzebub long to figure that out. So he joined the church. Here's what he does. He attacks the validity of the word. Listen to me, church. If you're 65 like I am, you remember when this was held in high esteem by the overwhelming majority of the community. That's no longer true. People used to listen to holiness preachers and say, wow, that's the truth. That, that guy's preaching the word. Now they will argue with you up one side and down the other. That's not in there. Jesus we like, but Paul, we don't want to have nothing to do with Paul. That was just written by men. According to the record, it wasn't. It was inspired by God Almighty. All Scripture is given by God. It is. But Satan will attack the validity of the Word of God. That is rampant in the United States of America, even as I speak. And he tries to discredit the gospel. Are you aware that there's legislation in place in some of the states in the United States of America today that makes it illegal for people to share the gospel with other people in public? Did you know that? You know it now. And it's coming to a neighborhood near you. So get ready. Get ready. It's a coming. Get ready to come see Pastor Terry over there at Camp whatever it is with Jeff one of these days where his preacher got locked up for sharing the gospel. I know we think that couldn't happen. I am convinced that it's going to happen. I think it's interesting that Paul didn't list a bunch of hideous over-the-top transgressions here. He didn't say to the Corinthians, I hope y'all don't get drunk and smoke up and shoot up and go get a bunch of tats and piercings and beat your wife and pass your children through the flame and have some poor woman's husband killed so you can marry her. That's not what he said. He said, I'm afraid that somebody's going to come to you preaching another Jesus, twisting that around a little bit. They're going to come to you talking about other spirits, not Holy Spirit, the power and presence of God for the New Testament church. They're going to come preaching some other gospel. What is it that is devastating our world today? It's number eight on your study notes. It's not so much the world as it is the church 
allowing the world to reinvent Jesus. Will you draw a big old circle around reinvent, bold print, and italicized? Allowing the world to reinvent Jesus. Allowing the world to discredit Holy Spirit in filling and outpouring. Allowing the world to destroy the gospel by presenting the gospel without the foundation of genuine, heartfelt repentance. A lot of gospel presentations today look like this. Say, what? You say I'm going to hell, but if I just accept Jesus, I can go to heaven? Okay, I accept Jesus. Boogity, 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 they're off to the races. Nothing happened. No repentance, no shame, no concern, no uh, feelings whatsoever about their sinful lifestyle and what that sinful lifestyle cost God's Son on the cross. Amen. Treating the Word of God as just another great read alongside all of our other romance novels and television guides. Verse 4, if someone comes to you with a different Jesus, a different spirit, a different gospel, you put up with it easily enough. Another Jesus, beloved, would be any Jesus that fails to reflect the Jesus of the Bible. And let me tell you what I know. If you don't read this book and study this book and study Jesus and his commands and his lifestyle and what he did, then you don't know. This is prerequisite to really knowing and understanding. That's why a lot of people present this different Jesus. They don't know the Jesus of the Bible. Any Jesus other than the one depicted there is another Jesus. Another spirit would be any spirit that fails to reflect the spirit of the Bible. Precious Holy Spirit. Which, by the way, is not optional equipment. You know, when you go get a new car, you can get electric windows or air conditioning or a sunroof or whatever. But when you come to God, you have to do it His way. It's not like, God, I like that eternal life. Thing. Give, me, give me some of that eternal life and, uh, and some blessings. I'll have some of that. Uh, Holy Spirit, no, nah, I, don't, I don't care for that. He said as a death-like silence fell across the auditorium. Another gospel would be any word purported to be a reflection of the Bible's truth, but erring from it. Paul says, I can't believe how easily you guys moved off of this. Here's what I want to leave you with this morning. I'm going to ask you to bow your head, to close your eyes, and just prayerfully consider this. Am I in the word or am I distracted Take this clue. Mostly we're distracted because we're not in the Word. It's not that we're not in the Word because we're distracted. Am I in the Word? Am I praying fervently? When's the last time you joined the church for a prayer meeting? Joined with, gathered with the church for a prayer meeting? 
Am I praying fervently or am I distracted? Am I spirit-filled and manifesting power over sin or just making excuses for it and blaming on the devil? Am I spirit-filled or am I distracted? Well, beloved, that's going to conclude this particular teaching. Now, let me reemphasize this to you, and I want you to understand I'm not trying to pit one church fellowship against another that this church is better, our church is better than that church, or one denomination uh, one over the other, but I do want to caution you. And by the way, I believe that God uses a, a lot of these movements in a lot of different ways, but you need to be very, very careful nowadays that whatever movement you're involved with, that they are firmly grounded in the Bible the Word of God, and that they talk about our Savior, Jesus Christ, that they talk to you about spirit and filling. You need to be very, very careful that you're not uh, chasing after something that's masquerading as these things. You see, the enemy of the church today is not so much that which is outside the church as that which is inside that which calls itself the church, and it is not. Not every religious organization out there that has some banner claiming to be the church is the church. Pastor Terry, it just sounds like sour grapes when I hear you preachers talking about this sort of thing. Listen, there have been counterfeits from day one. There have been fakes, but there is the real deal. And his name is God, and he has a son named Jesus, and God has given us his word called the Bible. Those things are pretty safe. It's a pretty safe uh, bet, if you please, if you come back to the Word of God, the Bible, and you follow after God's Son, Jesus Christ, and know and understand and learn that still small voice that we know as Holy Spirit to guide you in these things. You're not as likely to be bamboozled, beloved, if you're following after the real thing. So be encouraged to uh, get into the Word, to read the Word, to understand it to uh, encircle yourself with a group of people that read it and study it and know it and will hold you accountable to it. It's so very important in this day and age. I pray that the Lord would lead you. If you are not involved in a church fellowship, I pray the Lord would lead you to one. Please, and I'm speaking to someone right now, uh, you have experienced some kind of conflict in the past and you've just wrote off the church as something that does not need to be a part of your life. God established the church. Jesus said, I will build my church. So who are we to say, hey, I'm not going to be involved in that? Just because you experienced some conflict at some point in time, and you've got to know you probably were at least partially responsible for some of that. Isn't that a thought? But find a church fellowship and determine that you're going to be part of the solution and not a part of the problem and allow God to lead you and guide you and direct you in that pursuit. I pray for the Lord's leading in your life in that regard. Before I get out of here tonight, I do want to remind you that New Life has a regular schedule of activity Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We also have midweek activities Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. We call that Family Ministries Night because there's something for every member of the family. Last but not least, before I get out of here, I do want to encourage you to encourage your young people to be in attendance of Youth Awakening. Contact information is there on the screen. Uh, you can go to our website and find contact information. 
and it'll tell you all about it. We would love to have your kids come, your teens come, and be a part of this very special weekend. We'll try to give you some more details about that here in the next week or so. I am Terry Knight, pastor of New Life Community Church. I wish you a great week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?